The Heather McCoy Show. Yeah, it is the Heather McCoy Show. We're back. I just had a bit of a technical difficulty there with everything. It's like one of those days. Um, so um, one of the aspects um, of the media coverage of the last, last two mass killings that occurred last week was the media itself. Um, it's over-the-top coverage, entices other, uh, other people with questionable levels of mental wellness uh, to get attention, to get the attention of the previous shooter, um, they kind of turned him into celebrities. It's a lot like a, a movie that Sylvester Stallone, or not Sylvester Stallone, um, I'm trying to think of, I just slipped it, but Natural Born Killers. And um, uh, that, you know, uh, Oliver Stone, that's who I'm thinking of. It was uh, often criticized for making that movie. And it mostly, you know, didn't really glamify what Woody Harrelson was doing. It was basically dishing the media for making them celebrities while doing it. Um, although this clip that I'm about to play is talking about a mass shooting in Germany where the Western media behaves uh, much the same even as the States, a lot of the principles of uh, you know the European coverage of this mass shooting um, in Germany is a lot like what we saw last week. And so, yeah, here it is. Tonight at 10, a mass shooting at a school in Germany leaves 16 people dead. Yes, because on the same day as the peace demonstration, a lone maniac in Germany went berserk with a gun, killing 16 people. This senseless tragedy provided material for news reports for days to follow. First, there were the initial dramatic breakdowns detailing precisely how the carnage unfolded. There was grim voyeuristic mobile phone footage of the gunman's last moments and a chilling reconstruction of a warning he apparently posted on the internet. He typed these words. Everybody's laughing at me. No one sees my potential. I'm serious. Which later turned out to be almost certainly false, incidentally. The aftermath in Vinoden proved so compelling for the vulture-like rolling news stations, they even filled airtime showing things that weren't happening yet. Two days later, even footage from an old ping-pong tournament in which the back of the gunman's head was vaguely visible was still considered news. The latest pictures of Kretschmer show him playing table tennis, his favourite sport. And three days later, even worse footage pixelated to the point where it looked like a broadcast from the... Lego dimension, well that was considered news too. In the video, Kretschmer is shown taking part in an arm wrestling contest in Rottenburg last year. Yeah, I think if I squint I can just about make out the face of a killer. Isn't the news brilliant? Repeatedly showing us a killer's face isn't news, it's just rubbernecking. And what's more, this sort of coverage only serves to turn this murdering little twat into a sort of nihilistic pin-up boy. One thing the news kept plaintively asking was why this had happened. Why? What had triggered in the mind of a seemingly normal teenager such fury and alienation? Well, if you want to know why, why not ask a forensic psychiatrist? We've had 20 years of mass murders, throughout which I have repeatedly told CNN and our other media, if you don't want to pr propagate more mass murders, don't start the story with sirens blaring. The school day had only just begun when the attacker struck don't have photographs of the killer. The 17-year-old's three-hour rampage ended in his own death. Don't make this 24-7 coverage. The German Chancellor is about to give her reaction. We'll bring that to you live. Do everything you can not to make uh, the body count the lead story. Carnage in the classroom, 16 people are dead. Not to make the killer some kind of anti-hero. Dressed in black combat gear, the gunman opened fire at random. Do localize this story to the affected community and make it as boring as possible in every other market. 
because every time we have intense saturation coverage of a mass murder, we expect to see one or two more within a week. But, but and that's what exactly what we saw. We saw one in Portland and then one happened in Connecticut. And so of all the usual suspects that gets blamed, and thank God Marilyn Manson has is kind of uh, jumped the shark, but he would have probably got some of the blame too. You know, it's like, oh, video games, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, nobody points to the media saying, you know, you glamorize this thing way too much. And so that last voice actually telling you, uh, t or telling um, people, though that last voice you tell you heard telling media companies what not to do in covering mass shootings is of Dr. Park Dietz. He'll be our guest on the Heather McCoy show when we come back um, live after New Year's in two weeks about. So um, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really awesome um, interview. He's actually, I think he was a court, I think he was a... Um, he helped out finding Reagan's killer in uh, like or potential killer in in uh, eighty one or eighty, so he's a really interesting guy, and I've actually I think I've met him once. So um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Doctor Park Teacher was going to be on the Heather McCoy show uh, when we come back live. So um, in other news, um, you know former Cincinnati Reds pitch, pitcher turned Christian broadcaster Frank Pastore passed away yesterday from injuries that occurred in a motorcycle accident that just happened before Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's one of those rules. It's a universal rule, I'm sure. It's not okay to speak ill of the dead, but um, here's a clip that won't be played on his show or on KKLA this week. It's me and him and a guest named Frank, and um, he was, it's a, it's a thing, he was taking calls, and it was a guy that specialized in what Christians term Christian apologetics, and what that basically is, is um, you explain the living Bible to people who do not believe or non-believers, and if you don't believe... That you're a non-believer, well, if you're a Christian, Jew, or atheist, or anything other than a born-again Christian, you're a non-believer. So, anyways, it's it's during his um, call-ins for uh, people that um, don't believe in the Bible, and it's Christian apologetics, and it, it ends, you can tell when I get hung up on. Five two, we're taking your questions. Let's go to uh, Heather in Irvine. You're up next on the Frank Pastore Show with Frank Turek. Hi. Hi, Frank and Frank. Um, hey, my question is is that, like, um, your version of Christianity alienates LGBT people because you just don't accept them. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of the people I know are atheists. And so, like, United Methodists and Universal Unitarianism, they embrace them. So I was just wondering why your version of, of Christianity just throws them on the curb and says that you're wrong, and you have conferences like Exodius International you mean Exodus International? Exodus International, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. All right, so Frank Turk, lay it out. Yeah, well, the question here is uh, alienates people. Um, do you think that all behaviors that people want to engage in is something that every church ought to accept? Is that what you're saying, Heather? Um, there's a bit, of a bit of a static thing. I didn't catch that all. Um, uh, are you saying that every behavior that somebody wants to engage in, every church needs to accept? Um, I wouldn't say wants to engage in. Like, there's something that I knew I was lesbian from when I was, like, 12, and so it's not something that I—it's not like a choice. It's not like I woke up in one day and go, you know what, I'm not interested in men. It's just something that—it's just something that's biologically there. And so when you guys have your ex-gay things, like, it's just—it's really um, disingenuous. Like, nobody—like— like Ted Haggard is never going to be straight. I mean, he's well, well, hang, on, hang on a second, Heather. There, there are plenty of ex-gays who say that they've 
that they've given, they, they no longer have the desires. And I think, do you see a clear distinction between desires and behavior? That we all have desires we ought not act on. Do you agree? Yeah, sure. Okay. Whether you're born with them or not is kind of irrelevant, isn't it? No, not really, because it's the only person you want to have a sustained relationship with. Like, you just, you, you can be friends with men. I don't hate men, but I, at the same time, like, like I don't really feel that closeness, and so th- that's the reason why I'm lesbian. And so I don't think it's think it's really when you have this like hammer saying you can't um, be part of a church or you're a sinner. I mean that's the reason why I'm a Unitarian Universalist right now. But like that was the reason why I stayed away from church, and I was just atheist and didn't really have a reason for I, it is because I, of well, that I, tactic. I understand that that why. So you're becoming a universalist because you don't like what the Bible says about homosexuality. Now, is well, it no, really because the question like, as to whether the Bible is true? Perfectly welcoming church, and I, they have their Bible as their founding document. But, but Heather, Heather, wait, wait, Heather, let me clarify. Universalists do not accept the Bible as the inerrant word of God. That's one of the reasons why they accept homosexuality and everything else. They've got massive theological problems. But your issue is dealing with why does your Christianity, and that's what you're challenged this with, why does your Christianity call homosexuality a sin? I think that answer is really simple because the Bible teaches it. And only two possible conclusions can happen, Heather, when sin confronts the Bible. Either sin will change the Bible or the Bible will change the sin. And what you're saying is, look, I want to have sex with girls. I feel I was born that way, and I want God to approve it. And he says, no, that's unnatural. That's an effect of the fall. And what Frank Turek was saying is, look, we all have desires. But the problem is we don't act on all of those desires because they're harmful to ourselves and others. Your issue isn't really with me or Frank. It's with the Bible. And you've made your choice. You have rejected God. You have rejected the Bible, and you want to embrace a religion that approves your sexual behavior. And that's that's just calling it what it is. And so you have created God in your own image, and that's, I mean, now you're going to have to deal with the consequences. That's the reality. But what you had called in to say was, why does your version of God hate lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people? He doesn't hate them. Uh, he would like them to change their behaviors. We're all born with desires. But you don't have to act on your desires. You could have remained celibate and been, quote, in good standing with God. But you have chosen to be in rebellion and act out your sexual behavior, and you want God to call that no longer sin. That's a problem, and that's a problem for God. Frank? Well, not only that, Frank, I mean, I, I have compassion for this young lady, too, because I had a friend who had the same desires, and we buried him at the age of 36, dead from AIDS. I wound up writing a book that really was motivated out of that. It's called Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. And it's a pretty new book. It's only been out a couple of years. And it goes through not the biblical reasons why, why homosexuality is harmful, but the social and common sense reasons why it is. And the argument that I always hear is we were born this way. Well, nobody would say that if I was born with anger that gay bashing's okay for me. Hey, look, I just have the anti-gay gene. Being born a certain way does not justify the behavior. In fact, the other thing that I might ask Heather, I don't know if she's still on the line. No, she hung up. Okay, well, she's also born, she's also born as a woman. So if she thinks God gave her the desires to be a lesbian, why did he give her the body of a woman? Because here she is following 
the design of her desires, but not the design of her body. If you don't follow the design of your desires, that can be uncomfortable and difficult. But if you don't follow the design of your body, that can be fatal. Mm. And it was fatal for my friend. So God does not hate anyone. He hates the behaviors which destroy people. And that's why he's against any sex outside of marriage, not just homosexual sex. Yeah, so that was my encounter with uh, Frank Pastore on KKLA. It happened about two years ago. There's so much there. I'm an open rebellion. Did you know that? I'm an open freaking rebellion against God. That's awesome, I guess. Anyways, I like the how he's like, well, I was born, uh, you know, you can say I was born with a gay bashing gene. You know, I don't really, you know, I mean, there's so much there. I like how he didn't correct them about how, um, you know, if you're gay, you're going to die of AIDS. I mean, that's like, that's like a fallacy that isn't all the way true. I mean, it was more true in the 80s when they weren't sure what AIDS was, and it affected the homosexual population first, but it's not true anymore. It's like, I feel bad for her. She might die of AIDS. It's like, no, not really. And, you know, you can be heterosexual and die of AIDS. There's so much awesome stuff in there. And remaining celibate, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you, just, it's okay as long as you don't act on it. Um, it, oh, I like how it's a harmful choice. I mean, it's just like, it's, there's so much there. And, uh, so yeah, that's a clip of, um, being intolerant. And I was always, you know, I do feel bad because I do feel sad because, uh, you know, I mean, even though he was kind of an ass (laughs) on the air, um, he was an ass that made me think. And most asses on the air, like Sean Hannity, don't make me think. So I always, I'll give him credit for that. And um, the, the connection I think I had mentally with him was the fact that um, he, I was never a professional athlete, but he was. And he, got, he was playing in Dodger Stadium as a member of the Reds, and a line drive pitch back to the mound actually uh, shattered his elbow. And he wrote a book about that by the same name. And, um, you know, I've, I'm one of those people that has had an earth shattering, um, you know, injury to me and it kind of changes my world and, you know, the things I like to do. And I'm now just getting back to being healthy again. But, um, so yeah, he passed away and I like how, like, especially Reagan's funeral that, you know, you just don't speak ill of the dead. Um, Reagan's funeral was a classic example of that, you know, it's just like, oh, do we mention the Contra scandal? Let's not do that. You know, he was just this golden grandpa who brought down the Soviet Union and everybody can, you know, praise Reagan. Hail Reagan. But anyways, um, yeah, so Heather McCoy is in an open rebellion. So in case you didn't realize that, uh, this is the Heather McCoy show. We'll be right back with, uh, our report from the Cleveland, uh, from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. This is, of course, The Heather McCoy Show.